0: Good day, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another Live the Fuel Show. So, as I'm recording this, I was just chatting with our new guest co host today about skiing and travel and lifestyle impacts. Uh, but today's guest co host, maybe, maybe we'll hit on more. Of that might not. We were chatting a lot before the mics went hot, uh, but he might know a little bit about a sustainable lifestyle, uh, some smart choices with what you're investing in, what you're spending your money on. Uh, What is the, uh, a word that I've added to the show of the year, what is the legacy that you're impacting with your choices? Uh, So let me give you a quick background on this gentleman. He's the founder and vice president of Sustainability at Pella. And, you know, it's funny. I saw commercials popping up in social media. Did not realize it was his product, you know, their brand, which is kind of exciting because I run social media for a lot of companies. And even I didn't pick up on it. But then they came out with this cool thing that I also had commercials hitting on my uh, social media for a (laughs) countertop composter. It's pretty fancy. It's pretty cool. So when uh, this agency reached out to me to chat with this gentleman, I'm like, wait a minute. I actually know about all the products. And I care a lot about this planet. And I do a ton of recycling. And we need to talk about how they've got a mission to impact and eliminate 10 billion people, billion pounds of waste. Uh, it's crazy. We have a big problem in this planet and we've made a big negative impact on this planet and it takes people like this gentleman to help make a difference. So we still got a whole show ahead of us. We could just stop it right there, but without further (laughs) further ado, Jeremy Langster, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, Scott. Happy to be here.
0: So it, it is funny. I was making a laugh because when I first got the information from Tom and his team, I was like, wait a minute. I know that product. And I did not realize you guys were the same company. I thought the Lomi thing was a whole different company. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I dug into it. And I was like, Oh, of course I'm going to have them on the show because Amelia, I didn't, I didn't buy one of those yet. Uh, yeah. Because I, I actually do a lot of natural composting here. Great. And but I did send your product months ago. Once those ads started popping up. I said it to a few of my friends who live in a lot of, you know, dense city populations, Philadelphia, yeah. New York City. Uh, you were mentioning Chicago recently. Uh, I see that product excelling in those environments ex- exponentially. Uh, mm-hmm. But but let's let's just pause on that. Sure. Now, you've been at this mission for a while. If I remember correctly, if I read correctly, going back to like 07, right? You've been a bit yes. of a geek about this.
1: <laughs> hmm Long time. Long time. Persistent. So what, what
0: triggered you? What was your, truly, a deep, deep down, oh, man, you're man. like, you know, I could start up this company, that company, this product, that product, but, like, what, Well, it's just, you know, I have no open, open format on the show. Like, what pissed yeah, you off? that's right. What, what, pissed, what
1: pissed me pissed off? Me off? <laughs> Plastic on the beach pissed me off. There you go. Yeah. That definitely, uh, but that and needles yeah.
0: does not make me happy on no, a beach.
1: No. <laughs> it's like seeing someone litter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh. uh, so, Don't get it goes back that. years before that, but yeah, it's like... Uh, Oh, I don't know where to start. I'll start with 2007 because I, you know, went to university, started climbing the corporate ladder and you talk a a lot about um, working on yourself and the better people we become and closer to our authentic self, the better we show up in the world and, you know, the more creative we are and all that stuff. So it was a a long battle um, of uh, climbing the corporate ladder and doing very well for like seven years out of university, but had this voice in my head, like I just... I always wanted to start a company. I had these other dreams for this crazy stuff. So finally, I just got sick of the voices in my head, and I started a company, and I called it Open Mind Developments. Hmm. And the idea was, this is in 2007, Open Mind for a Different View, Nothing Else Matters, Metallica. (laughs) And I just remember thinking about that. One of my
0: first bands I started listening to. Oh, amazing.
1: Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Good stuff. So I started looking for problems to solve. And I always like the idea of like, how can we make things better? Like as a child, I was curious, how does this work? How can we make it better? Sure. But yeah, so fast forward to Christmas of 2008, we're on vacation in Kauai. And my wife and our son were on this beautiful secluded beach and there are pieces of plastic everywhere. Uh-huh. We're playing in the sand. And I'm like, who would litter on this beach? And why does my son have to dig in someone else's litter? Like who would do that? Yeah. And then when I got home, I learned about Pacific Gyre and that happened to be one of the most uh Plastic polluted beaches in the Hawaiian island chain. So, uh, but was
0: it from an actual human being dropping it? No, no, it was
1: from the ocean. The Pacific currents. gyre, ocean currents. Yeah. Turns out it's from all of us, right? And plastic is this amazing material, but we don't have the end of life figured out. It just keeps building and building and building, and recycling's not working. Mm-hmm. So, wanted to find another solution uh, to that problem, and uh, started finding about about these biopolymers that were biodegradable, compostable. Trouble was they were very brittle at the time Mm -hmm. and had very limited applications. So as a boy, I remember seeing farmers burning flax straw on the prairies here. And that thought that was wasteful. And my dad kind of said, like I said, if it's, you know, that strong, it must be good for something. He said, well, maybe when you get older, you can think of something. So just going back to conversations that are in your head and points in your life, thinking about what can we use this waste material for. Anyway, combine the two together and... uh, Kind of made a material called flax stick and then needed a product to apply it to. And iPhone 4 had come out. This is now 2010, 2011. And just wanted to solve that problem. The problem is people keep their phone for two years, yet the case to protect it will last for hundreds or thousands of years. It's just ridiculous and it won't be recycled. So started with Pila case in 2011 and, and grew it from there. So.
0: Yeah, and thank you for correcting me on that because uh, I usually try and do as much research as I can on proper word pronunciation, but it's oh, Pela, that's not fine. Pela. Uh, you know what? It's, it's like funny Nike. Nike
1: Pila, Pela, Pela. doesn't matter. Yeah,
0: and again, it's just simply P-E-L-A, ladies and gentlemen. So actually, yeah. you know, uh, PelaCase.com. And yes. it's a great concept because, so here's a fun background on me. 06, mm-hmm. I left the telecom world. I was an uh, analyst for uh, T-Mobile. I also had worked my way up in the corporate world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then got into IT sales and consulting from '07 to '09. Wow. Uh, so while you were figuring that out, Amazing. I was doing that. Then yes. I went back to school on nights and weekends as an adult student. Did my yeah. a, a BS in marketing and psychology. And then uh, the book I published last year is called So You Want to Be a Hotshot because I served as a hotshot wildland firefighter with the federal government because after I had the corporate career and the education, I decided none of that made sense and to give it all up and go be a firefighter. Wow. (laughs) And fight the big mountain fires, which you guys get up in Canada as well. Yes, yeah. And it's just funny because, now granted, when I first started that gig, anything I knew did not apply. It was like, okay, you know this, you know that, but they're like, I – don't know, understand what you're talking about. Could you please just go dig in the dirt and yeah. you're well, and grow out a mountain man beard and don't shower for two weeks and that, wow. that was your life.
1: <laughs> yeah, watch out for bears.
0: Right, but <laughs> I became a nut about cases because even when I worked for Team mobile I wasn't that big of a deal in the accessory market. But I did understand the racket, as I called it, because back then they were doing you know the, the, the handset upgrades. Right, so once you've yeah. been with the company a certain amount of time. You earn yeah. this much dollar value, and then you can upgrade your phone with a dollar discount. Now, fast forward to 2023 here. Now, it doesn't even exist anymore. You just have to buy yeah. your phone outright. They're not giving you a, a per se discount. Like a, mm-hmm. I have never spent so much on a phone until the past two years.
1: <laughs> That's crazy. And then crazy. this
0: accessory market. Yes. So it's huge. my friends work in med, med device sales, right? Uh, Olympus headquarters is right here where I live. And there are huge, not just Olympus cameras, but they have a huge medical device uh, side of the company, right. the endoscopes yeah. that go in all this stuff. And a buddy uses the term, well, that's a, there's a capital investment or capital expenditure, which is the main, you know, millions of dollars worth of endoscopic equipment. But mm-hmm. then there's this accessory market and that's really where they make the money. Yeah. It's All the cases and this, that, and the other thing that you can add on to that. Yeah, I, I might have spent a quarter million dollars, let's say, on that one piece of equipment uh, five years ago. But the gravy train is yes. the accessory
1: market, consumables, and yeah, yeah all of that. Yeah, we
0: apply. That's what you guys did here with with Pila, and it's like, yeah. Well, I was buying. I was a firefighter. I'm in the mountains, so I bought. Uh, you know, I bought two whatever the, at that time. T- it was 2010 and 2011. So. Whatever those tough cases were. I tried them all. Yes. Yeah. They were bulky. There must have been three different types of plastics and rubbers and all Mm -hmm. kinds of stuff. And then I ended up not liking it. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Where did that go? I I threw it out.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) So I'm I'm beating myself up right now.
1: (laughs) No, that's great. Well, we tried to solve that problem. And uh, yeah, kind of all went from there. It's crazy,
0: though, that it's amazing how we have found, thanks to the power of petroleum, Yes. All these derivatives we can do, all these plastics mm-hmm. and rubbers and everything else. Uh, and admittedly, let's look at the cost of manufacturing. Let's chat about that real quick. So, because I'm, yeah. I'm a geek. And mm-hmm. is to do what you did there, did that cost more? It did. Okay.
1: But the reason, well, another reason, what we liked about phone cases, for, yeah. <laughs> uh, high margins, so I could pay more for material. Mm hmm. Small product put it in the mail ship it directly to consumers don't have to worry about the big gatekeepers yep. and getting into retail with low margin so that's how early on we overcame that that margin difference okay. so but i mean in the grand scheme of things no it's not that much more because your material costs even if it's double on a phone case your material costs it's like yeah you know, not well, not, not point, that expensive.
0: you're not uh, whatever all these big case manufacturers are now uh it's especially the ones that are actually sold at the cell phone provider stores, right? The the telecom provider stores, they have these big contracts. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. that stuff's prime being pumped out of a factory in China. There is no care in the world over there about labor investment or quality of materials. It's just whatever is the cheapest way to make it. Let's just get it done. And then they, you know, oh yeah, I get it. Now you have, Oh, it's a military spec case to handle this many impacts and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, you guys must have had some fun.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, it trying was to figure fun. That out. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And like, we try and keep it as simple as possible, and we still do those tests. Like, with materials is you know our materials pass a lot of those materials. Yeah, the
0: impact drop test. test and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah
1: so, um, lots of fun. I mean, it was uh, it was a you know it, we were probably I remember going to CES in like 2013 and basically getting laughed out of there. You know what I mean? And now everything's sustainable there. So yeah. it took a long time. Um, but we had those audiences, it, you know, it's those little things that keep you going. We used to handwrite notes, my wife and I, like we were literally out of the basement for up until 2017. I, I met my it. partners in 20, 2015, but really started working together 2017, 2018, really clarified our mission to create a waste-free future and we can go there. But but those little handwritten notes and, hey, hey Scott, thanks for your order, su- order and support. We are hope you're having a great deal or a great day. Thanks for supporting us on our mission. Like those little things. Would make you feel good, and then sometimes we get your notes back. Thanks, Jeremy. Appreciate your product. Like those little wins that just keep you going long that. enough, you know, to persist and and keep going at it. So, but yeah, it's uh yeah, I can yeah that those first five years were really really tough. Um, Which I, what do they
0: say? What is the if you watch like uh, those Shark Tank shows and stuff like that? It's <laughs> like the first five years has pretty much become like a textbook example of entrepreneurship like the first three years it's just you you're you're just ready to just it's in a negatively psychological way of saying this uh-huh. you're ready to just slice your wrist you know it's like i'm i can't absolutely. handle it but you make first the three and then they yeah. tell you you have to keep reinvesting back into the business for the first five to truly build sustainability would That's you say right. did that actually directly apply
1: oh absolutely i worked a full-time job for 10 did this 10 years on the side so i had two jobs one was for free pila yes. and the other one was a full-time job and uh so just right just keep going keep picking away at it and uh yeah it's uh, but you know getting back to working on yourself so launched the first p location 2011 Mm -hmm. it's basically my wife and I working on it and the kids you know out of the basement and but 2015 we got to the point where like I had these massive goals for this company and dreams but I we were like oh my god like are we ever going to get there and it's like we're putting in all this work and like So I started work, I hired a coach, started working with the coach, worked on my strengths and weaknesses. And then I realized that I needed, I knew how to make the product, didn't know how to market it, didn't know how to scale it. So I applied to this entrepreneur event, which is very highly curated, like 7,000 applicants apply and only 100 people get in. And I got vulnerable and I got in. And that's where I met, I spent the last $10,000 in the company. I met Matt, he's my first partner, our co-founder, CEO, knew how to market it. And I met Brad, our chairman knew how to scale, it was in the toy industry forever. So that's when things, like just when I got vulnerable, worked on myself, where am I strong and weak? What help do I need? That's when things really started to turn around. And when it went from I've got this to we've got this, go. yeah. right? And other guys saying, oh yeah, we can do that. I've done that before, or I've seen companies do that. And these aren't crazy dreams. We can do it like that. And then just building all the team from there.
0: It's, it's great when you go from the I to we, uh, yes. I, now granted, like I, I work for myself. I don't have a team, but mm-hmm. my contracts, my business relationships, I do look at that as
1: we are a team.
0: Like I, they're bringing me on. I'm I yeah, mean, co-host
1: what? right now. You're saying exactly. Right? On this so thing? there is a week. Yes. We got to mm-hmm. share.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I love it when guest co-hosts like you with not even a cue brings up the power of vulnerability. Mm. I mean, it, when I finally pulled my head out of my butt and realized what that means to success yeah. in life, not let alone business. I put a whole mm-hmm. chapter in my book because my, my wife got upset with me because she's like, why am I in your book? I'm like, well, because you're a big part of my transformation. You yeah. you were the final trigger to help me realize what vulnerability was all about. Now, granted, mm-hmm. I, that initially that was about tying it into love. Mm -hmm. And trying to win her back because she had broken up with me before we even, you know, before we even hit the one year mark dating. Uh, (laughs) And because, but again, after years of firefighting and living with, you know, 19 other dudes and it's, you know, it's just tough guy crap. And then, you know, being a sales pro before that and then getting back into what I'm very good at, right? Sales consulting, marketing, branding, and then thinking that you have to keep like acting like you got everything together and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, no, no, actually, it's okay to oh, show man. some weakness, some vulnerability. Let's figure this out. And Absolutely.
1: And when you're around people like that. So, so would
0: you say your family helped you awaken that vulnerability trait? Where'd that come from?
1: Yeah. Or was it the coach? Yes. I would say family first, then coach. But getting back to this entrepreneur event, it's yeah. MMT, Mastermind Talk, Jason Gaynard. Like It was like unbelievable. When I got there night one, there's all these entrepreneurs who have like, you know, massive companies, but yeah. it was curated. Like you had to have high values. If you're an asshole, you got, you weren't allowed in there. <laughs> so, but the first time I got there and I basically called my wife and I broke down I said, I do not belong here. I just got this little company that makes this phone case. And, you know what I mean? And I like kind of wanted to go home. And the next day, just got to know everyone and saw everyone get vulnerable and realizing that they're struggling with the same things that I'm struggling with. And like, oh, now I have people I can talk with who understand where I'm coming from. And it was just like, yeah, it felt like I was home. That was the big. It, click it's, for
0: me. That's how, you know, you went to a really great event. Like you're referring to, or mm-hmm. let's say a great mastermind event. And that's something I've yeah. learned from people way more successful than me already just in the past five years. And it's just the truly high, if you let's, sorry, let's pause defining success is in many different facets. It could yeah. be, it's not always about the dollars. It could just be, hey man, I I launched a company. It's actually growing. I've built a team like you've done, and I'm still married with children, and we're happy. That could be success right there. You don't need the bank account, right? know, some people look at it different ways. Exactly. And what I've found is most highly successful people, including like some of these you know sharks in the Shark Tank people like Damon Mm -hmm. Jones, these guys admit like if you get into a room with other highly successful multi million billionaire, if you're going to assign a dollar sign, they're not going to talk about their successes they're going to talk about those biggest challenges, those biggest mm-hmm. hiccups. And that's profoundly awakening. It's like, oh, they're not here just touting their success because right. they don't need
1: to. Exactly. They don't need to stroke their ego.
0: Yeah. And it's like, wow, the fact that they have no problem bringing up something, they dropped the ball yeah. on 15 years ago. Whoa, right. that's cool.
1: Yeah, and that hits, right? You yeah. can feel that. Right. <laughs> like, so okay. you must have
0: been like, oh like <laughs> yeah it was it
1: was a game changer for sure yeah life changing so,
0: so by the way what did your wife say to you when you were saying you don't belong here and stuff like that did she call you out and say you know what no
1: she didn't she said you do belong there you yeah, know yeah, you worked okay. hard at this and you do like that she yeah absolutely yeah. supportive and coach that's, a, that's and,
0: a great wife that's
1: yeah I mean, absolutely. I, it's funny we, we
0: pay for coaches in business or in personal like you said uh and it's like that all wrong it was right there. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. So lucky. Yeah, you I know what? It. we talk about your teammates and your business, but your 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 partner, your family, your spouse or you know significant other, those are your first partners in business. Yeah. on paper or not, because you're the they're the ones who deal with all your crap. And well crazy especially if
0: you're making and downs. possible major financially decisive oh. decisions. And it's like granted you were smart you kept the full-time hustle going while you yes. built the part-time hustle. Yeah. I made that mistake years ago. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start this business idea and just go all in. And right. the level of stress that came out of that. Oh. Because I didn't I ha- I wasn't making money equal to where I was at. Even if I cut the budget yeah. back, it was it was very very stressful and that's something that if I fast forward all these years later, if I ever had to coach anybody on that, I'm like Dude, don't be afraid to hold on to the full time thing. You don't know yeah. if that's right, and there's all these people out there saying, "Oh, you just got to dive in, copy no. head it's first, like burn the boats."
1: But like, yeah. I remember talking to an entre- a seasoned entrepreneur when I was like deciding if I should quit my full time job, and he's like, "Like, I should should I burn the boats?" And he said, "Well, you can't burn your boat when you're in the middle of the ocean." Ooh,
0: very nice. Yeah, <laughs> I was
1: like, "Well, oh, that is so good." But yeah, for sure.
0: Well, and also, why burn the boats? Uh, why can't well, yeah. we have? It Just it's just at the dock, dude. It's just there again. Eventually, yeah. then you, then you, then you can sell right. it. That's an asset, <laughs> okay. yeah.
1: Don't burn it, absolutely. It. That's great, yeah, for <laughs> sure. There are more options here. And that you know, what I also remember reading about companies who um, don't burn the boats or startups, they actually do better in the long run mm. because you have more time to get through that three year, five year hump, you know, find your audience, find your market, product market fit, like all of that stuff. So, yeah. that was a You know, just getting back to lifelong learning and reading things and getting examples and other mentors and stuff like that. It really helps along the way.
0: Well, and real quick, because I'd love to do this for YouTube, I'm gonna screen share the site quick. Because so PilaCase.com, ladies and gentlemen. And I love the marketing. Right? 30% less carbon emissions, 34% less water usage, 80% less waste production. We could just stop right there, but I also love the fact that you know, you guys started off as a phone case company, mm-hmm. but now do so much more. Yes. So, and obviously we're going to have to get into the whole Lomi thing. Too. <laughs> so uh, it's, sure. it's, it's, it's pretty cool to see this growth, this scaling mm-hmm. and like, how long was it just a case?
1: Like just oh, phone case? like from 2011 to 2021.
0: Okay. All right. Now,
1: so, what triggered yeah, 10 the, years. the
0: what triggered the transition into other sure. products? Was it just like, wait a minute, no, this is solid enough? Let's let's consider other things. Was customers asking for it? What triggered the other products?
1: Yeah, it was solving our problem. Okay, a big problem. In 2018, when the three of us partners came together and we really clarified our vision and our mission, and our mission, our crazy goal was to create a waste-free future. Cool. By creating everyday products on everyday waste, so not just the product waste but like packaging waste and are we wasting energy or time or how can we use our product as a force of good and how can we support nonprofits and how can we build the most sustainable environmentally friendly product or company in the world so that was our basis point so we have this compostable phone case and we're growing and building and like really like you know top top growth company in Canada for a couple of years in a row like crazy growth and as we're growing we're always like can we get better how can we better we believe in better we don't believe in perfection I like that. Just get okay. better, get better, little steps. So um, what we realize is that we have this compostable phone case. That's, you know, we compared it to a conventional plastic case and like all the things you listed, it's better than all that. Mm-hmm. But our ultimate goal is it for, to go back to there at the end of its life. So what we realize is that not everyone has home compost or compost like you have. Not everyone has access to industrial compost. And industrial composters really don't like compostable plastic let's, products. Let's, they let's don't pause know. on that real quick. Yeah. Ind-
0: when you say industrial composting, Like, here in the States, um, obviously, like, we have a a sanitation company. Like, uh, where I bought this house last year, uh, they already have a contract. i don't have to really pick anybody. My old house, we had to pick. This is already decided by the township or the the area that we live in. That's the partner, and that has to go somewhere. So then there's a full-blown, I guess you want to call it, an industrial trash and or recycling center. Is that what you're referring to? Like these, Yeah, and it would be your organic
1: yeah organics waste collection or your green bin program where they take your yard waste mm-hmm. and maybe your food case waste hopefully and goes to a compost facility and it turns into compost and they sell the end product okay if there's plastic in it there's compostable plastic that is you know it has to meet all the certifications and breaks down and like mostly it's meant for food packaging so you get bags of like yard waste yeah that bag will be compost and will go back to the earth unfortunately the compost facilities a lot of them don't have the resources to read every label or know if everything's compostable so a lot of it will get screened out and end up in landfill so that's broken so recycling's not working
0: nope.
1: for plastic and uh compostable plastic infrastructure they need a lot of support so there's anyway so i'm getting to so we're like okay our phone case what if we take it back so we did a pila 360 program so when you order a pila case you just put your stamp exactly. on the envelope, send it back to us. So that was successful. And we still do that. And we grind it up and sell it as a reborn collection. And we get cool. it back, grind it up, send it to a compost facility when we can't use it. That's the ultimate sustainable so, way to. So that's a, yeah. good,
0: that's a good piece or angle, right? If, if we know that the larger way of life is not
1: working, that's one yeah. way you
0: can at least control a percentage yeah, of we'll your market. Yeah, we take it back. Yeah, we, we call it that.
1: the responsibility economy. We take responsibility for what we make. So if every company did that, we'd be in a lot better place. So, but then we're like, what if we went a little step further? What if we created a little mini composter that everyone had and decentralized, democratized waste management that it could take our compostable phone case, but also other compostable product, products. But along the way, we also discovered how wasteful food waste was going to landfill. Oh, yeah. So that's the biggest thing. That's, when plants and animals die, they're supposed to go back to the earth. Yeah, that's called, fertilizer. Fertilizer. <laughs> it's called <nature's laughs> fertilizer. It's called nature's fertilizer. Right? There was never need a need for synthetic fertilizer in nature. So wait, we're hold, I got to pause that on quickly. that. Could yeah. you
0: say that one more time?
1: Yeah, when there was never a need for synthetic fertilizer in nature. Thank when you. plants and animals die, they're yeah. supposed to go back to the earth. They have everything that the plants need, the soil need to grow the next generation, mm-hmm. and repeat the cycle. Yeah. When we take food scraps and put it in a landfill, and it creates methane. That's like the worst thing we can do. So anything we can do to make it easier to keep food scraps out of the landfill and get it back into the earth to regenerate the soil, that's a win. And also along the way, we've created a that bridge the gap between the compostable product manufacturer like packaging and bags like or our phone case and the compost facilities. Now we have if everyone had a Lomi or when these are decentralized and democratized and ubiquitous, they can put all their you know, all their food scraps and their compostable plastics in their Lomi and it goes back to the earth. Pretty cool. So we're not waiting around for, you know, billions and billions of dollars to, for the infrastructure and the government to put all these things in place. We can, consumers can make the change and you're creating a really valuable product in Lomi. Well,
0: and, and like, so is this, is this like most compactors? I watched all the videos too, but I'm just doing this for yeah. the show too. Uh, screen sharing again. Um, is it all about pressure? Or no, it comes down to the ingredients and how easy it is to compost.
1: Yeah, it's, well, are you talking about the, how the, action, the, machine the machine works? works talking right. about the machine oh works, right. yeah. yeah. It's like, does it really need yeah. a ton
0: of pressure or not really thanks to what you're, because we're, we're putting food. But at your, to your point, we're, thanks to how you guys make your products, those can yeah. be put in there too.
1: Absolutely. The big focus is food after we're going to, we're going to solve the food waste problem. Number one, next we're going to solve the plastic waste problem and we're working on the synthetic fertilizer problem too. (laughs) So three big uh, industries were challenging, but I always give the example, like when an apple falls to the ground, depending on where it is, if you're up in Canada in the winter, it might take a year to actually fully break down and biodegrade. If it's in your compost pile and you're, it might take, there's more energy, more heat, more microorganisms might take months or weeks in Lomi. We we just accelerate that process and okay. help break it down and get it to a point where it can, you know, go back to the earth as easily as possible. So I like that. We we talk about mimicking nature and like there is no waste in nature. Humans are the only species that, that create waste. So what if what if garbage was optional? Like I said, what if everything you consume, from your food scraps to your food containers to your phone case, could go back to the it, earth? It cracks me up
0: because like last night was trash night. So I my new house is on a mountainside here. So I decided to stretch the legs and I just hike my, I just a kitchen sized trash bag. That's all I had yeah. from the whole week from my wife. Right. And I. Now, Cause they had these big, the big, you know, they had robot arm trucks to come pick everything yeah. up. So I got like the big trash one, the big recycling one, all of my neighbors, their cans are overflowing. Now granted some of my neighbor on the, on the Hill here has kids and stuff, but yeah. it's just my wife, myself and a dog. And we recycle so much to your point. Right. It doesn't mean it's all being recycled. Right. But, it's,
1: it's right. I literally it's, yeah, have, not going to the garbage. I get one yeah. kitchen
0: trash bag a week. So it's it's amazing. Like the whole can's empty, but then my recycling can's full.
1: <laughs> right. So, so you have compost, right? You have home compost.
0: I have a home compost bin. Yeah. Of, yeah so, yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, again, there's tricks to that. You have to know how to rotate it and flip it. And then you got to add other materials in like it's grass and leaves and everything else. So, yeah,
1: it's not easy. Lomi makes it easy. That's what we're trying to do. Like make it as easy as possible. Push a button and the stickiness of it. When you see your food waste turn into like dirt Nothing. in like hours or yeah. not, and they, and you see it and you put on your plants and it helps your plants grow. Like it, it's just, it's really sticky and amazing. And it
0: it's helps. funny. Cause like when you watch the video and then it's like, wait, wait, so what do you have to buy a bag of dirt and the, the machine adds the dirt in? Right. And then to your that's point, you're like, no, it's, that's what. Dirt that's is. That's what
1: happens. Yeah, that's what dirt is. It's organic matter, and the soil is starving for organic matter. Well,
0: it's like so. I have uh, three acres here. I'm surrounded by yeah. woods. So, like, I, uh, I, I've only been here. we will coming up on two years in May. And I decided I'm going to build my own trail because I'm a mountain biker and a hiker, and we have a dog, and i want a place to walk it. So I'm going through, and I'm just clearing out some things, and I'll and yeah. just years of leaf leaves litter, coming down. right? Litter, yeah, you, leaf, yeah, You go below just two inches down, and there's yeah. the dirt. Well, what do you think? that dirt was like nobody's touched Absolutely. these woods in years. No. It's just.
1: That's nature. And the best soil has the most organic matter. Absolutely. That's the darkest, thickest black soil. It has the most organic matter in it. So when we, you know, farm and pull everything out yeah. and send it to the land, that's like, you know, it's like the kiss the earth, uh, you know, well, uh, as, as a guy who grew up in yeah. farming, even I yeah. knew
0: that, like the crops we rotated as a kid, are not the crops we're rotating today. That's a whole other podcast. I mean- Right, yeah,
1: regenerative agriculture is- Yeah, like
0: corn, it it rapes the earth. Yeah. Soybeans actually rapes the earth. We planted a ton of alfalfa as a kid, and that's what the animals wanted to eat. That's right, yeah. And then, yeah, because it's a cash crop back then, not nearly it is now. Yeah, then we rotated corn, but then we had to get alfalfa and other products back onto those fields, or else the soil was getting robbed and then Absolutely. we would have had to find a way to afford you know store bought or you know agway bought uh fertilizers. Fertilizer, so we yeah. never spread fertilizers on the fields.
1: Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. And you had the manure probably from a dairy operation too, right? Like Oh god, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like
0: everything. Yeah. Trust me, I had a 1955 <laughs> rust red Farmall tractor. With a with a shit spreader, and that was the first thing I learned to drive. It was a three speed, (laughs) and it was a it was a mechanical clutch. Like you basically were done driving that. Your Your calf muscle looked like you were all roided out
1: because right. And you're when you're smaller, you had to like pull on the steering wheel. Oh, to yeah. And get it's a big metal steering on. wheel. And then, I mean, yeah.
0: dude, that was the first thing I learned to drive. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. everything from the pigs, <laughs> the cattle, the, the chickens. Yeah. Like, I, I sold eggs on the side of the road. That was my first business. I
1: was 13 Amazing. years
0: old. And yeah, but now like, all of a sudden, everything's so complicated nowadays. People yeah. are like, well, how, how do we make fields more sustainable? I'm like, I'm only 45 years old. <laughs> That's
1: right. And you I can really tell forgets. you how to do that. <laughs> I know it's crazy.
0: I don't have a PhD. Do you have a PhD?
1: Uh, no, I don't. Oh, okay. don't.
0: <laughs> uh, apparently, there's some innovation going on here. Yeah,
1: exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's simple. Nature's so simple. Well, we just got to help it along, right? Well,
0: and again, what I love about your machine is it's not just the. Now, all right, so here let's throw let's throw a wrench in here. Yeah how do P, how do you respond to people on the power consumption factor?
1: Right. Well, first of all, just because you, you got to plug it in, it does, yeah, so, it doesn't mean it's bad. No. And I mean, everything,
0: my studio is plugged in. I, mean. I
1: know. And like, I hopefully you're doing good with it and I know you are, but yeah. I mean, there are people who are doing negative things with all their, all their stuff. Oh, so yeah. two things, I mean, we can talk science and I will. And, and, uh, but I mean, just the fact that like a lot of people, most people have dishwashers. Yep. You don't need to use a dishwasher. You could wash your dishes by hand. <laughs> so why so is this- that
0: so weird? When I met my wife, she's like, and we, I moved in with her years ago. And, and I got rid of my place, and we did the whole cohabitation yeah. thing. And she goes, why do you wash dishes so much? I was like, well, after leaving fire, I was still living a very simple life. So I had this cheap, crappy apartment when I met her. And I'm like, yeah. I didn't have a dishwasher, and I'm one person. That's right. I, I probably washed the same plate almost every single day. Absolutely. Like, now, all of a sudden, we're oh. told to fill it, fill a machine, and like, yeah. or I just wash the same plate every day. I still do it to I this know. day.
1: so funny <laughs> that one plate is a key. I remember in university, we used to have lots of plates and it would just pile up because we had to Ugh. wash it by hands and we're like, we got to get rid of all these plates. Hey, one you of my first plate, paid jobs,
0: I was, I was milking cows at a dairy farm as my first <laughs> job and I would, I rode my 10-speed bike to get there and then I rode up the other way on the weekends and worked as a dishwasher at a restaurant. So, Amazing. and yes, they had the whole machine, you fill the rack, yes. th- but again, yes. we were serving hundreds of people.
1: That's right. Yeah. So. Yeah. It makes sense. So yeah. my point is, at least when you plug in your Lomi, it does something good for the environment. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Keeps, yeah. So, but I mean, it's less than, and the other thing is we're not trying to solve the, uh, the, uh, electrical grid generation issue. Like that's a whole bigger problem. Yeah. And it's, I believe one day we're going to get there and it's going to be quicker than like one day energy will be renewable. So, but we've, we've run all the numbers and it depends on if you're in Texas or California, like your, your carbon footprint is more or less, but number, if, if you're plugging it in anywhere in the U S or North America, pretty much. And you're, as long as you're not sending your end product to the landfill, Mm -hmm. it's a win. Is you're keeping it out of the landfill and it's either going in your backyard or in your farm or your thing so you're you're ahead from a carbon footprint standpoint and we also are climate neutral certified so we measure our carbon footprint every year we try as best we can to lower our carbon footprint but the stuff that we can't lower anymore we purchase offsets carbon credits nice so when lomi arrives at your door all the manufacturing all the transportation and your phone case peeler case you're at zero so oh, I, I'm familiar, I'm
0: familiar with that. Cause I used to live yeah. in Colorado after firefighting mm-hmm. and back when I used to drink beer, I don't drink beer anymore, but, um, there's this great sustainable brewery. These people were obsessed about yeah. it. And actually they're huge in the mountain biking world. Cause they make what oh, no, I know as fat tire beer. Actually yes, actually fat it tire. Beer. It's
1: huge. Yes. Well, so they were mm-hmm. founded in
0: Fort Collins, Colorado. Okay. And I started going up there on weekends because I lived down in uh, Golden, just below Boulder, outside of Denver. And I found a, a biking charity, getting kids on bikes. I would commute up there every weekend, and then we go to the brewery. But, dude, they were—they made sure it was all part of their brand. They had mm-hmm. a water recycling like sphere out back. It was this huge thing. They were recycling all their wastewater, all the beer. Uh, uh, they were contacting all the local farms to take all the— Stuff they used to make the beer, and then yeah. they specifically contracted with wind farms and solar farms, and that's got to be the greenest brewery that I've
1: yeah. I ever think it is. So. Yeah, it's amazing, and it's so smart. Yeah. So, and it's fun, and it's sustainable, and it's you know. So, what's yeah. to your
0: point, if we are going to create a possible footprint on the planet, are you taking these extra harder steps that in the long run? Is going to impact a positive legacy over time. This is one of the reasons why I brought you on. Because again, over years of podcasting, I started incorporating this. I realized, and just like me, when I wrote my book, that's for charity. Like I'm not taking any money from right. that. That's that's I started a wow. charity, and the book benefits my charity. So I mean, it's it's like okay, well, I, I already know how to make money. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need to make money from everything, <laughs> right? But if you exactly. are going to make money, yeah, feel good about how you're doing it. It makes it a lot easier to get stressed out and like, run a business and and hit these new quotas because, like, I know that in the long run, right? Like, we're doing something good.
1: Yes, absolutely. That, that's
0: what I wanted to geek out with you about, deep, deep. Down. Oh,
1: for sure. <laughs> well, I think it's huge. Like on the just even being a mission based company, mm. the people we attract are top top caliber team members who could work for any company they want to, pretty much, but they want to use their skills as a force of good. <laughs> i love it. not just selling another widget. I'm selling something that actually can make a difference in the world. And they see the bigger picture. And you know, our crazy goal is now we want it. We changed it. Now we're going to eliminate 10 billion pounds of waste a year and create 2 billion pounds of loamy earth, which can help is nature's fertilizer to regenerate the soil. That's 10 million loamies. Each loamy can do about a thousand pounds a year. Well, 10 million is not that crazy. We've been only been in market like about a year and we already have 150,000 units out there. And the cool part that we're seeing is that, 50% of our customers have never composted before. So we're getting them into the composting game and 25% have composted before, but they quit because it was too hard. So we're getting them back in the game.
0: I love that. People do like to quit when things get hard.
1: Yes, absolutely. So yes, we have our impact report and what we're trying to do with that. And uh, we also donate, we're big into educating and inspiring next generation. So it's about, are we being good ancestors? (laughs) I think maybe you've heard that before, but that type of thinking: um, are we leaving the pro- the planet better than we found it? Yeah, we're like not.
0: So far, we're not. But you're you're making no, it a, you're we're making trying a right to do step. it. <laughs> we're trying. It's not easy.
1: But I mean, that's the way we look at things, right? And uh, I was talking. One of our favorite sayings, or my favorite one, it's a First Nations elder saying. And you know, First Nations, they look mm-hmm. like seven generations out, like long term. Um, and they're they're it's uh, we are the people we've been waiting for. Mm. there's not some magical group of people over there who are going to solve the world's problems. Yeah. It's us. You know what I mean? That type of thing. It also gives you confidence that, yeah, we actually can do it. We are the people you know, that way. of
0: thinking. I, I can't remember if it was a mission statement or a vision statement. As, as a former corporate guy, you get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was with T-Mobile, I got to say back then, I actually gave it to this day. I'll still give them some respect. They were trying. They were mm-hmm. definitely not the typical because I worked for a couple other companies that were all like acquired over time and then became T-Mobile. So I had started early stuff. Uh, But one of the missions or vision statement was, and I use this when I coached and trained my teams was we are all personally and collectively accountable for our results. And, I'll never forget that statement to this day because mm-hmm. now it's, it's been applied in so many other ways in my life and professionally and even what we're talking about right now. If mm-hmm. each of us just took a little bit more accountability yeah. for what we're doing individually and then aligned with other companies organizationally, like we're talking about right now, personally, and then collectively, I was like, oh, my God, that thing still applies right here. It's just mm-hmm. – but it does come back to us individually.
1: Yes. Choices. Yeah. Yeah, and like the power of the consumer. And, you know, in a in a perfect world, if you have a sustainable product and a non-sustainable product, but they're exactly the same, just one's more sustainable than the others, yeah. and customers are choosing that sustainable one over the non-sustainable one, yeah. well, you're going to start taking lunch away from the non-sustainable companies, taking their food out of their mouths, <laughs> and eventually, they're either going to have to make their products more sustainable, or they're going to go to business. I mean, that's a, a perfect way of thinking about how economics and how consumers can drive that change.
0: I'm going about this in my own wife. I mean, when I met, she and I were definitely big recycling people, and, and, mm-hmm. um, but then, like, just literally just last week, I said, hey, I know you have to have this specific laundry detergent because if she gets, like, irritated skin if, if it's not completely hypoallergenic and clean. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very big into all the bad stuff anyway, chemicals, everything else. Yeah. So I've had so many PhDs and scientists on this show over the years, it's, I know too much, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, which is great. And that's what I hope my listeners have gained from that too. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, wait a minute. Well, babe, you do know that they make your detergent in powder form. And she's like, why? I was like, those plastic jugs cannot be recycled properly. Right. You know, that's just one decision, right? They're a giant jug. She was the Costco corporation, you know, gets the big giant jug. And now, granted, it lasts for months and months because it's just two of us. But I said, can we just, let me just make that decision for us. I'm getting Mm -hmm. you the same quality product. It's just in powder form versus liquid form, no plastics. That's a recyclable box. cardboard yeah. uh, box, you know, yeah. and then or little things like we're big dog lovers. Okay. There's lots of different kinds of poop bags out there. Right. Oh yes. They all claim to be biodegradable. But okay. Is it a sustainable company? Yeah. Is, are the plastics truly biodegradable? Right. I Geek out. I research everything. I'm that weirdo.
1: Mm-hmm. I it's know like, it's tricky. And then where do you put it? And, and who and takes dog the, well, poop yeah, it's in like, a compostable Great. You made bed. the first okay, step. Tricky. And then the next step, yeah. But then,
0: okay, is that going in the landfill? Is that affecting right. methane? Now, granted, I will say the landfills that are near here in Pennsylvania, they're all, they uh, five, five to 10 years ago, I see this massive plant being built and it's a methane harvesting plant. So the city of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, there's a whole methane harvesting facility pulling that stuff out of the landfill because it's already there. And yeah. then converting it into energy to be used by the citizens here. And I was like, I had no idea that was what that yeah, thing was. Yeah, methane
1: collection. It's good, but so, it's not as efficient as I think we think. No, it's the other it is, thing. But I mean it's a step. Hey. They're trying. Anytime you're trying, <laughs> I, I give everyone credit because yeah. it's not, it's not easy, and we all need to try it to make those little steps. So.
0: well, and, and the cool thing about your technology with the lomi is, is like it's not rocket science per se. It and no. also I Because I, I studied microelectronics technology when I was in high school. I'm, like, I'm a geek. And I know that tech like this does not need to pull high levels of current. So yeah, I always tell people, if your electric bill is not managed by total utilization, here in the States anyway, my electric bill is measured by power spikes. So like when your HVAC system kicks on, those massive pieces of equipment that pull massive amounts of current, right. that's right. actually what you're getting billed for because that's putting the strain on the grid and they're having to supply right. that if you can have low consistent energy utilization appliances like that, that yeah. is not actually taking as much, I guess, utilization as you would think. Now, granted, I'm right. not your science wow. team, but i am no, I doing, no, am I doing okay?
1: It's, you're doing great. It <laughs> takes less energy than a, a cycle of a dishwasher. Like one cycle, Lomi is like half, less than half the energy wow. to run your dishwasher. I do not which, read that it, stat.
0: That's pretty impressive. A, and this
1: is version one. Like we're, we're going to make it a lot more efficient as we go. So
0: that is super cool. Mm-hmm. Half, around half of a dishwasher. Yeah. And, and similar, again, here's the best part. People like planting flowers. Now, all of a sudden, thanks to the pandemic, all kinds of people were doing home gardens again, stuff like that. Yeah. There's your fertilizer. Like,
1: Absolutely. You don't so need to go done, buy
0: bags of fertilizer or bags right. of dirt. So
1: the 100 or $200 you spend on fertilizer and driving down to your Home Depot to pick up your big bag and haul it back, yeah. well, you have it you have it right here it's your food scraps That's, I, I love that. and we've done testing in soil testing on like uh, non-profit farms that provide food for the hungry on like cabbage and lettuce and broccoli and we're we apply loamy earth at the same application rate as compost and organic fertilizer and we're seeing just as good and better results with loamy earth there's so much more to it than it's just not nutrients there's everything in it that this the soil i, I needs.
0: just had on actually i just aired a I don't normally do this. I aired two shows at the same exact time, a back-to-back episode, part one, part two. Randy Lee literally just got released this week as you and I are recording it. Mm -hmm. Um, He's a geek, and I love it, because he released a (laughs) couple different books. He's a health nut. But um, he, what's it called? Bionutrient.org. There's this dude that, again, I learned so much on the shows. But they developed a scanning device that they can literally just scan, like sense the nutrient density, the technology is now out there nutrient density of fruits and plants. vegetables. So they've already got the first mocked up device being, that's been tested already. They're, you know, if, this is coming. And it, yeah. so he, we called the, uh, the episodes, uh, the real food wave. But part of the reason behind this is because they've done the research just because it says organic does not mean it's actually nutrient dense just because right. it's all natural does not mean yeah. it's nutrient dense. You're just paying for a badge of how stuff is being raised and stuff like that hopefully no chemicals but what really matters is the nutrient
1: density the of density everything. absolutely and the amazing results we've taken plant the samples of the broccoli and the lettuce yeah and sent it to the lab and compared and we're seeing more dense nutrients there. there you go and it seems crazy but it really is not because that's nature's fertilizer right. like we said at the beginning it has it all figured out so yeah that's exciting and, and you know we look at um even in agriculture you hear you know it used to always be about the how big can we get the corn kernel and the wheat kernel because yield and like volume, but no, now they're finally churning. And like how much protein can we get it? How many nutrients let's make it smaller and more dense and more efficient and more sustainable and more regenerative. <laughs>
0: like oh, there's that. a whole pog. I could I could geek out just about what we did to grains. First of all, I don't consume grain. Yeah. A lot of grains are inflammatory to the body anyway, but yeah. what we did to agricultural here with our science We actually spun things the wrong direction. Yes. You know, there's actually countries in Europe still growing the original strains of wheat, for example. They Mm -hmm. don't have all of these other negative side effects that we're seeing over in this country things of the inflammatory trigger uh, of gluten, how the protein profiles have changed because we decided we need to make more money. So, hey, let's shrink the stalk, you know, so it doesn't get blown over and destroyed and win more. This is decades uh, of change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But the side effects is. We're overplanting, overraising because we have to consume more because the nutrient density isn't there. To your point, right now we're using false fertilizers and all this stuff, and there's all all these negative side effects.
1: It's yeah, and it's tricky. I have a bachelor of science in agriculture, so I get you know it was we have to do this to feed the world, basically at the time. But I think now it's coming back to like it's finally the talk is not just yield, like you said, it's density. So that's great. Yeah,
0: and it's it's just refreshing that you guys. First of all, it's also refreshing. You found people to align with, right? Your co-founders, if you will, yeah. The, the team amazing. that you because let's say like, it's like okay, yeah. it's like let's 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 figure this out together.
1: It, and that's one of the most rewarding things, even early on when it was just like when I talked talked about sending notes. Is you'd meet people with similar values; <laughs> they actually care. You know what I mean? It and takes It feels, a while. It feels it takes like a you while. know them. it takes a while, <laughs> but <laughs> but I mean to find partners and then now teammates, and it's just like how. You know, it's the mastermind effect. Like one plus one equals 10. You know, you get more people focusing on a problem. You have more solutions and better solutions. And it's just like, it's amazing. Yeah,
0: if the passions are aligned.
1: Yeah. Oof, it's the, exciting. The, the
0: world is your oyster, so to speak. Right? It, yeah. Is that, wow. Everyone, yeah. And obviously, yeah, look, look how the how you guys direction. have come. Like when you yeah, found those guys, you weren't even at this stage yet. It, it's just no. cool to see a journey like this.
1: Yeah. Thanks. It's, uh, yeah, th- the power of a team. Yeah. And getting the right people on the bus and the wrong people off the bus, or getting the people playing the right position, positions—you know, sports analogies and all that stuff—and yeah, it's so, uh, so.
0: How far have you? Has your have your devices made around the world yet?
1: Yeah, okay. pretty much. Uh, do you have one, one of those like, North country, America t- but we,
0: country tickers? You know, I got that one. Got that
1: one. <laughs> so we, we have it state by state and province by province, and we do have the numbers because we're right now we're mostly D 2 C. Where we're working to get into retail, so we know exactly where they're sold. So yeah, uh, UK, uh, Europe. North America, Canada, Australia, kind of thing. So Super yeah, fun. it's exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's neat to see, and you hear about other areas in the world where, like Japan and China, they don't have compost industries or compost facilities. Mm. So literally, these devices, they need these devices. Or like you look at even like, um, oh, uh, Dubai or you know those places where they're living in the sand yeah. and they have the, they waste the most food. But if we could turn all that food and get it back in the soil, and look actually at turn countries that like China,
0: there's yeah, is it, there's there's a I don't know if it's China or Indonesia. There's literally a mountain. Like, I just saw this the other
1: night. Oh, the track hose, the, the Yeah, where, the, where <laughs> they're passing
0: the trash up the yeah. mountain?
1: Yeah. That
0: is nuts.
1: It's pretty crazy. Uh, um, yeah.
0: But it exists. And it the only exists. difference here in this country, in the U.S. anyway, is that we're burying it under a mountain That's or right. putting it onto a big freighter ship and hopefully it doesn't sink because it goes across the ocean. Or we are dumping it in the ocean I back know. to your beach. Crazy. point. And then what is that thing called again out in the Pacific, the giant island attraction. trash? Pacific gyre. Yeah. Uh, It's plastic. Now granted that that one dude uh, invented that conveyor belt system to be pulled behind ships to pull all that stuff up. Here's my question. Does that solve the problem? Granted we could could pick it up, but where is it going from there?
1: That's right. I mean, so we got to look, there are many, we have to do a a bunch of different things to solve the problem. One Mm -hmm. is let's clean up those, the oceans and the beaches and we can use that plastic, but, until chemical recycling comes on board, you can only recycle something so many times. So yeah. ultimately, it's going to land in a landfill. Yeah, we're trying to use you know as many renewable materials as we can. Focus on the end of life compostable goes back to the earth, but use it as many times as you can. And when you're done with it, then it goes back to the earth. You know, fertilizes the, the plants. So you can grow more crops and create more products out of it, and repeat the cycle. So again, it's just mimicking nature.
0: And there's other countries try, or companies or countries making a difference. I know. I think it's either Sweden or Switzerland um that has found a way to do an incineration process with a much like it's like it's crazy like i i, I was just right. reading an article about a month ago about this i gotta go back and look at how far they've come along but supposedly they're able to do some type of incineration clean incineration process and then capture that and generate energy from the process and power towns with it it's pretty right. cool
1: without polluting stuff right. off the stack so exactly. that's neat that's the goal. i mean the technology yeah. that's what's exciting is technology is getting better and better I was just at a, a event in Chicago, and it was uh, one company. I can't remember the name of it. Actually, it's called uh, UBX, Ubiquitous. They take landfill garbage, plastic, everything mixed together, organics, and they create a, a plastic pellet out of it, and then they can then use that to make products. So they're using waste to make products, and like you can't recycle pill. it. Like a- yeah. It's like, but it's, you know, that the products aren't. It's more like crates and containers like still? milk crates. but I mean still, it's benches and there it's another way. Yeah. So what what we're excited about is like the we're just getting going with technology I and know. how to make better materials, how to you know have better end of life options. So we'll give the example of like we literally like exponential technologies and and you creating a whole new category around, around smart waste technology and smart waste appliances, that's what we're trying to do. But like how we used to get oil from whales, and then we used to we figured out to use technology to drill into mountains to get coal for energy. And then we figured out to drill in the ground. Now we're figuring out to harness the sun. Yep. Well, same thing. We used to put our food waste in the garbage. Yeah. And then we figured out to compost it. But now we figured out how to make it even easier, for, so more people can compost it. and like that type of thing. Too.
0: It would be exciting in our lifetime to stop creating mountainsides of trash. It would be good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I think we can do it.
0: Well, <laughs> well, listen, we're we're coming to the end of the show. Um, Oh, it's fast. I'm. I know, right? We see when when you align. At, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like wow, that was an hour already.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, it's just crazy how cool you guys. I, by the way, again, great job on the website. Actually, I'm going to screen share one more time because yeah. uh, there's just so many. Again, people just go to the website and dig in at lomi.com as well because I things like this, like you know, CO2 emissions. All right. Yeah. Just being able to look at a simple graph and understand. Mm-hmm. That this one little appliance is actually doing that much of a difference, yeah. And this is only your first generation product.
1: First generation, and just imagine when, like I said, the ten billion pounds—that's ten million Lomis. Well, that—that's not that crazy. And now I think maybe it's like you know, it's like before dishwashers and after dishwashers, before smart waste appliances and after. And if everyone had one, like just uh, we can really make a big, big difference oh, in yeah. the world.
0: So, well, and again, yeah. again, you're not just aligning here, helping people understand that's a dishwasher, that's a regular oven or a stove yeah. in your kitchen, that's a laundry machines. Oh, my God. I mean, when I was yeah, a it, kid, it yeah. I don't know if I had a dryer. If we did, we hardly ever used it. We hung our laundry outside. Yeah, and, that's right. Know.
1: It works great, yeah. except in the winter. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> well, yeah, no, we have an laundry, amazing bro. team. I mean, everyone is so creative. That's what's fun also about, you know, we're trying to solve this problem and everyone gets to be creative. Mm-hmm. And as humans, we are creative Beings. That's how we survive, right? I truly and if believe. You let it. people just be creative. It's amazing what can happen.
0: I truly believe that. I think deep down, I forget, um, there's multiple psychiatrists and psychologists, you know, famous ones, ones who have written books, et cetera. They all usually come back to the same point that technically, at our core, a human being, mankind, does want to make an impact. Once there's something deep seated in our psyche, or I think at the cellular level, yeah. that I think all of us at some point or another, get that epiphany like Mm -hmm. what can i do on this planet or in my life or in the world to leave a positive footstep behind i truly believe that is in us it's just some have awakened some have not
1: yeah exactly it has you know for the species to survive we have to do we have to make it better it can't get worse because we won't survive. you know what i mean that type of please don't make it worse (laughs) yeah please don't make it worse
0: well well listen uh, we do have to bring the show to a close i do ask my guest co-hosts to leave a final message behind and you're the perfect guy for it with everything you guys are doing. And for years I just say, Hey, you have some final words to leave behind in case they forget everything else you said. But, uh, in the past couple of years I've realized, no, there's that legacy, right? And your companies are already doing that. But like, what is an all encompassing message you want to leave behind? You know, what is that legacy that you guys are, if you had to sum it all up from today's show, uh, what's, what would you like to leave behind for the people?
1: You know what? The first thing that came to mind is are you or are we being good ancestors? Are we leaving the planet better than we found? That's, if you measure everything by that, like it could be as far as raising children or however you show up in the community and, you know, brightening people's days. Like, I think it sounds simple, but that is the, the most powerful thing and supporting companies who are trying to do better. And hey, we're not perfect, but like companies, even big companies, if they're trying to make a little bit of change, like at least they're trying. I mean, we got to start somewhere, right? So yeah, that type of thinking.
0: Well said, sir. I don't think oh, anybody's tied that to ancestral uh, responsibility. I love. All right,
1: well, oh, good stuff.
0: Well, listen, hang tight. Want <laughs> to give you a proper goodbye off the air. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was Jeremy Lang. So again, we started off by talking about PilaCases.com, and then obviously closed out on Lomi.com. Both sites very informative. Plenty of information for you if you are a fellow earth nut geek about doing smart decisions. I'm not telling you to go buy stuff. Obviously, please do if you if you love it that much. But if nothing else, get informed. Um, There's a lot of actual knowledge not even related to buying the products that you could really awaken yourself on on these sites. So definitely check them out. Definitely support them if if you see the fruition of all their hard work. (laughs) (laughs) And remember, we're here to fuel your health, your business, and your lifestyle. Jeremy helped us do that today. Thanks for tuning in. And remember, you too can live the fuel. And we'll talk to you guys again soon.